So believe it or not, sometimes Facebook gets things right. And this is one of those cases where they brought Caroline and me together. We had a conversation months ago, if you can believe it, but life gets in the way, things happen. We reconnected recently and we decided it was time to get on screen, get something together for you and to share her insights and her inspiration as a coach, a deep listener and someone who knows what it's like to lead from the heart. So Caroline shared, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity. Hi, welcome to Sincerely Speaking. I'm Marcy Amaro, your self-leadership coach. Now, what that means is I'm here to help you rediscover your calling, tap into your greatest potential and strengths, and eliminate those things that keep getting in your way and in the way of your success. So whatever success looks like to you, whether it is in your career, in your business, in your relationships, or in your life in general, I'm here to help you get out of your own way, remove the obstacles, and elevate all of your life to the next level. If you're ready to see everything that you're capable of and see what your life can look like, I invite you to head on over to marciamara.com and set up a 30-minute clarity and confidence call where we will talk about your mission, your vision, your goals, the things that you're here on this planet to create, what might be getting in the way up until now, and some actionable, amazing ways to get out of your own way to eliminate all those obstacles and reach the level of success that you've been dreaming of. Are you ready? Are you ready for the next level? Then stick around to this conversation of Sincerely Speaking and then head on over to marciomara.com and schedule your 30-minute call. Can't wait to meet you in person. Chat soon. So we are going to dive right in. And as I like to do with most of my guests, I would love for you to share a little bit about what exactly is it that you do and how you ended up doing that. Yeah. So let me start with a story. I was sitting on the phone talking to my new manager, Kate. She actually had only been in the coaching consultancy I had recently joined for a few weeks. But I knew her because we'd actually been doing a training together. And the conversation took a turn of a surprise for me because she asked me to leave. So as I quickly got myself together, I said, can you tell me why? And she said, yes, you're not comfortable in your skin. Mm. Ow like a punch in the stomach yep the truth is marcy she was right mm. so i'd love to tell you it's been years since that conversation i'd love to tell you that the next day i woke up and was super comfortable in my skin or that i could tell you about step one step two step three and hey presto but it's been a long journey since then and a hard one but along the way i've learned a lot i've learned a lot about the human condition the mind, the body, what helps us, what doesn't help us. And so I now help people, well, entrepreneurs, with inner inner leadership skills and to help them be more present and comfortable in their skin, both in their business and their personal life, but also something I'm evolving called Speak From Your Heart. Mm. And Speak From Your Heart is about that really helping people with, the authenticity and bringing more of them into their speaking, whether that's a talk or meeting or networking. And also, as we both know, and, and there are so many passionate entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs out there. But when it comes to talking about their business, they can find that hard. Yes. So I'm helping entrepreneurs with that as well. 
That is so awesome and so amazing. So see what I was talking about, Facebook getting it right this time. If you've been listening to me for listening to me for a while, you already probably grabbed a bunch of similarities between what Caroline does and her experiences and mine. And so I think this is going to be a very impactful conversation because there's one thing that I've learned a long time ago, and it's that there's no monopoly on ideas, right? Nobody has the uh, full understanding of anything. So when we get to chat about things that we like, that we have in common, we get to see different perspectives and it's cool to learn from one another and to expand one another's understanding. But let's start with that piece of awareness because that is what I believe to be the starting point of anything great is becoming aware, right? And you had a harsh, difficult experience that brought you to your moment of awareness. Let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that process and how you were able to shift what could have been a devastating um, encounter into something that turned into something that serves others and that helped you grow. I stayed with the personal growth. And to be honest, at first I was in searcher mode. Well, actually, not just at first, for a long time. I'm going to be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> so in searcher mode, it took me to various bits of personal development and I was seeking to feel that not comfortable in the skin. Kept looking outside for the right, right person, the right group, the right course, the right something. Now, we all know, but we don't know till we really get it. Yes. That the rightness stays with us. That it's about those people, those courses. Yes. But they need to be people who can reflect back to you who you are. So until I was able to really own and acknowledge some of my quietness. My business is now called Quiet Power Coaching. I really didn't think that was possible in, an, in a speaking world, in an extrovert world, in a business world. Some of my depth. So quiet power comes from a deep place because I've been through a lot and people get that and I bring that to my work. I'm not as a thing, mm -hmm. but as who I am. Exactly. Um, and some of the things I've been denying. Mm. so about myself which is where the power comes in absolutely but I love that quiet power for me means not just because I happen to can't be a person who comes in my coaching from a quiet powerful place but I also believe that we all have when we're in our power a quietness if you know of a time when you have felt very connected to you or to what you're doing and your mind has calmed and quiet. It's almost like there's a kind of spaciousness inside. So that's what I'm helping people to their flavor of power, which might not be quiet power. It might be something else. And it doesn't mean you have to be quiet. Sometimes people think I only work if you're a quiet person. Absolutely not. Um, especially in the people who want to do talks. Although actually a lot of quiet people are great speakers as well. But it's about really helping people with that mirrored as to the essence of who they are which is I know the work you do as well yeah. so that's been my journey and that's uh, why it's so powerful it is extremely powerful let's talk about that term quiet power for a second we know that in the last decade or so I would say there's been more of an emphasis on understanding that introversion and quietness are not necessarily negatives right but I don't know about where you're from but where I'm from there's still quite a bias in favor of extroversion 
instead of introversion, right? And a lot of us are learned extroverts, if you can uh, forgive that term, because we are in our essence, quiet and introverted, but we have bought at some point into this notion that, no, if we want to get far, if we want to advance, if we want to do the things, then we need to be bubbly and outgoing and have all these things that the extroverts, quote unquote, tend to have. And one of the rants that I've been on lately is that we all operate on sort of a continuum, right? Like there are moments when all of us are more introverted. There are moments when all of us are more extroverted. No one is better than the other. But in fact, the more you can discover in yourself the elements that you have of each and leverage your strengths in each, then you can get yourself in a position where you can be fully you, but at the same time, navigate different circumstances, right? So it's not about either of the extremes. It's not about completely changing who you are, and it's not about settling into the space of, no, well, that's who I am and that's who I will always be, right? So let's talk a little bit about how you see quiet power and authenticity playing into this notion of success demands for us to be a certain way. You explain it so clearly. Because, yeah, that was me. That's been other people I've seen. It's like wearing a facade, particularly as I did. I went into human resources. So the young professional world in my 20s and the people person, but there's still a facade. So that's been the journey to remove, well, not even consciously remove, but to allow what's behind and what's already there out. And, and that's, yeah. So now I've forgotten the exact question, but in terms of quiet power, actually, can you ask me again? Sorry, Marcy. It's all good. Um, I gave a very long-winded intro into the question, so that's probably why. But just in general terms, how does quiet power play into not feeling like you have to give in to the pressure to be a certain way in order to move forward? That's it, because something occurred to me while you were asking. So some time ago, a friend of mine did a process with me because I had this constant battle with the introvert-extrovert. Mm. And it was confusing. And what it leads to is a lot of exhaustion, some inner conflict, and then not turning up in a way that makes sense. And when you're a business owner, that really shows from the outside, and you might not realize that. So the inauthenticity or inauthenticity actually comes out. So the process this friend did with me, and I don't even remember the exact details, but out of it, she came out with this term, which worked really well. She said, you're a quiet people person. (laughs) And that suddenly was like, oh, you mean I can be an introvert and still want to work with people and, and, and have people as my focus? Yeah. So it's unraveling that because what we've done is put all sorts of boxes with whatever that might be. And you talked about the extremes of introvert and extrovert. Now, technically on personal personality profiling, I'm quite an extreme introvert mm. in terms of the amount of space I need for myself, what comes out. But we all know that it can be dangerous to look at personality profiles in too much detail and to think that's who you are. And again, that's one of the things I think that coaching is that we help people with is to come out and see new perspectives. And so in terms of the quiet power, it is you can have your flavor mind being quiet power and still be a people person and still actually be whether so some people I know there's this new term and idea that introverts can be social I'm not social but if I don't work with people I wither Mm -hmm. 
So you need to find the angle. And as always, you're looking at what you do that brings you joy. You're looking at your strengths and where actually they're happening. And when you get that into the level of, of what making a difference for you, then you get to see what angle actually it is that actually you're bringing. Um, does that make sense? It does, absolutely. And actually, I want to ask a follow-up question because you mentioned the dangers of personality profiles and all these things. I agree with you 100%. But one of the things that I've noticed as I've continued to work with myself and with clients and in everything that I do is that we allow so many external things to play into how we define ourselves, right? The labels that we take on, the personalities that we accept or the traits that we accept is a better way of putting it and so on and so forth. It, personality profiles, family members, sp specific experiences, right? People have authority in our lives. All these different things feed into who we accept ourselves as being. And now we're talking about, okay, if you are going to step into this flavor of power, you get to figure out or rediscover or tap into however you want to put it, your strengths, your authenticity, your uniqueness. And I feel that that feels sometimes so heavy because it's like, okay, I've been operating under this particular label for so long. How do I even know what's real and what's not? So I would love to know what insight you have into a starting point that we can use to start filtering all those outside voices that most of the time mean well, right? But that don't necessarily serve us. And that inner knowing that allows us to essentially step into our own skin again and be comfortable in there. So looking at your own history can help. Looking at the decisions you've made and why. Hmm. For instance, the big decisions, like I've moved town, or when you made a, a went for a promotion, what actually led someone to start their business. But in the level of detail that connects with not just the why, but what about them hmm. made them start it. So what's what are your? It is going through the strengths and what lights you up, but it's doing so in such a way that you do it from the actual circumstances in the history. So you can do that with take three times where you have felt yourself, whatever you call that. And look at what was happening for you, not the environment, the detail, who said what, but actually what were you doing? Yeah. What were the strengths you were bringing at that time? And what were the qualities maybe that other people saw? And then you get into some kind of understanding and noticing as to what makes it, uh, what the essence is of you. And that helps to start defining or, or differentiating between your shoulds, which is what you were talking about in effect. They end up being, well, I should do that because that's how I was brought up. That's what I understand. That's what I have to do to get um, my manager, keep my manager happy. That's what I've heard business owners do. As opposed to, oh, when I slow down and I pause, I can hear another voice or I get another gut feel. But most of us don't slow down enough. So that's another thing. And it's the hardest of things, we all now hear about it a lot, is to put 10 minutes into your diary every day for whatever your version is that makes that 
I call it quiet time. It could be journaling. And somehow people think, well, no, no, it's not really necessary. I'll do it tomorrow. And that's been one of my big lessons. Mm. That if I don't give some breath, some space to reflection, to being able to learn the difference between my gut feel and my head telling me, that's why I call it speak from your heart, because speaking from my head had, head has a different impact, then how can you actually hear your heart or your soul? That's crucial. That's crucial. You said a word that I love, and it's noticing. So let's talk a little bit more about that concept of noticing, right? Because if you ask anybody, if they're good at observing things, most people are going to say yes, just like mo most people think they have a good sense of humor. Sorry about that. And just like most people think they are charming or whatever, but most of us don't take the time to really notice. So let's talk a little bit about what noticing really is, because I think we're confused. I think we use the word so loosely that we think that just seeing something is noticing and that's not. So let's talk a little bit about what noticing entails and how we can get into that. So picking up on what you said and seeing something, if I see um, a mug, a cup, that I drink my tea out of, then I will say, yeah, I've seen it. I, I, I put it to my mouth. I drink. I notice the tea. I put it down. Yeah, I've seen it. That's it. That's how most of us do noticing. But when I slow down and I notice, I might see, oh, I hadn't quite seen the grain on the pottery mm. on the cup. I hadn't seen the texture. I've noticed the handle is actually a different shape than I kind of registered the temperature of the tea what it's doing inside and one of the things I love to work with people more and more is the body mm. so the noticing is what's happening in the body that way you ground and you actually in your experience it's taking it from I see that is happening to this is my experience of what's happening because when we're in touch when we're in our experience then we have a chance to change it Absolutely. I love the analogy you used of the mug because <laughs> this might sound funny, but I know that there's other people out there. It's not just me. I'm not the only crazy one, but there is one particular mug and it has to be that mug that I drink my coffee out of. And my coffee does not taste the same if I drink it out of any other cup. Likewise, if I'm drinking water, I want a glass, like an actual glass made out of glass. I don't want a plastic cup. I don't want, I want a glass for my water, right? And it's a different experience for me when I'm drinking water out of that glass than if I have to drink it out of a plastic cup or out of a straw even. It's a different experience, right? So when we stop and think about even that silly example, what is it about that particular mug or using a glass, it's still coffee, it's still water, but what makes a difference is that I'm noticing very specific things, even at a level of the subconscious, right? So it's bringing whatever that is out of that unconscious or subconscious level to the level of consciousness where I can say, well, you know what? I like the glass because I like to feel the coolness coming through the glass as I'm holding it, not just as I'm sipping it. And I like, I can get into details and I won't right now because it's ridiculous, but you know, I can get into details as to why that is and what it is about that experience that is elevated because of the vessels that I'm using, right? So in that same way, when I am bringing to consciousness, 
business, the specific things that just yield that different level of experience, right? And it doesn't always have to be, oh, what makes me feel all elevated and nice and lovely and beautiful. It can be paying attention to the reasons why I go the other direction, right? So that I can start noticing what is bringing me to that lower level experience so that I can avoid it or change it or reframe it or do whatever I need to do so that I don't live there, right? And so I love that analogy that you use because I think we all have something that at some level we can relate to that and think, wait, yeah, I have something where it has to be this particular thing. And if I can start there even, you know, and it sounds silly, I know, but if I can start even thinking about, okay, why is this sweater my favorite sweater? What is it about this sweater? Is it the feel? Is it the a memory that's attached to it? What is it? And start just weaving out those things. Then I can start experiencing what noticing is like and feels like, right? Yeah, that's brilliant. And actually, I have a I have a mug that I only use one. So it's the same. And it wasn't until someone asked me why that I started getting clear. And it's a really helpful exercise to do. And I've only just thought about this, by the way, I haven't talked about this before. This just came out of my, my mouth. So it's it's great because when you're work when when I'm working with someone, the more we can help them to have the difference between knowing in the head well yeah I know I need to do this and change this habit and do this in my business and actually I want a better relationship with my partner to saying well what's going on now and most people don't really stop about saying what's going on now apart from saying well we bicker or um I, I'm not making as much money as I want or uh, whatever it might be and when you get the noticing then you start from where you are not just the vision because in the coaching world and personal development, it's often all about the vision. Now, of course, you need the vision. It's absolutely imperative that someone knows where they're going and what their heart really wants and is working towards that. But when you don't start with where someone is, there's often a huge gap then and confusion. And so it's actually really important to help someone to slow down and look at where they are now. And that noticing then helps you to say, as you say, well, ah, I see that when I'm talking to my partner, this is what's going on. This yep. is what I'm bringing. It's not all about him. It's not all about her. And that increase in self-awareness is so fun and revelatory and sometimes not so fun. But <laughs> people just find it so much a, a discovery. I call it taking the inner journey for outer results. Wow. Because then they know what they're dealing with. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, for anyone watching or listening, because this is both on YouTube and on the podcasting platforms, and they're listening to us chat and they're like, okay, that sounds wonderful. You have all these things going and you were able to step out and find all these things, but I'm just not even sure where I can start, what I should be paying attention to. How do I even know if I'm this or that or the other? What would be a good starting point that you can recommend that would start them on the path to clarity so that they can know what their next step might be? You know, I find that in all honesty a hard one because it really depends what someone's working on. But here are a couple of ideas. One is to look at the habits mm. that, that you do. So very often people are saying, I must just change this. I know I should do that. I know. So slow down and choose one and actually see, associate it with something. So I was talking to a client the other day and 
she was wanting to make a shift. So we actually said, okay, every time you go through a doorway in your house, pause and, and look at this. She wanted to, to be able to pause and breathe better and look at that breathing. So that association with an anchor really helped. And then the process is what went well, what didn't, but not as a way of beating yourself up, but as a way of learning about yourself. And when everything is that used as process of learning, then you can start looking at what you're moving towards. The other thing is to map out where you are now. It's a, there's a classic, um, what's it called? Uh, life coaching wheels, um, the circle. Life wheel, yeah. Uh, life wheel. I must be honest, I didn't used to give that a lot of tension, attention, but I used it recently with a client and she found it incredibly helpful because she realized actually things were better in one area than she realized. Yeah. So that can be on the internet. You can find that the life wheel, mapping out where you are can be a starting point, as I say. Um, those are a couple of things. But the other thing is also start making a note of what goes well. Yeah. Very often, with well, heads are so trained to see what the problem is. If you can, at the end of the day, find two or three things, just small things about what goes well, and to actually identify how you contributed to that, yes, you'll start learning about your own strengths and what helps keeps you. Sorry, what makes you tick, and more about yourself, and then you've got something you're building on. So that's a really good thing to start with. Those are all brilliant ideas, Caroline. I particularly like the last thing you shared because I think, like you said, we are so focused on or so um, trained at looking at what went wrong, what we still have to do, what we didn't get accomplished, what, you know, all the not so positive parts of our day that we miss out on the million positive things that happened, right? And if we can just shift for a second and be like, okay, I did some things. What did I do that actually worked? What did I do that was actually good? And take a second to celebrate even, to be like, okay, yay, I did something good. Look at me, wonderful, amazing. And it's not that you're going to blow yourself up to the point where you're just fat head, but you do need to give yourself an opportunity to see that it's not all bad, to see that you're not behind, to see that you have made progress, to see that there are things working well for you, right? Yeah, they talk about the compound effect, the compound interest effect and mm -hmm. that accumulation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have so learned that the accumulation and the way to get things done is to try harder, to push, to sort out the thing that's going wrong. So we're actually what happens is we're often accumulating that. Um, so how about accumulating and learning from what's going well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Zig Ziglar used to say, you have to get up in the morning anyway, might as well choose to be happy. <laughs> oh, isn't that lovely? Loved him. Yeah. Anyway, um, so before we let you go, it's funny how fast time goes, but before we let you go, I want to give you the floor so that you can share with anybody listening and watching where they can connect with you, anything that you might have going on that you would like to invite people into. The floor is yours. Thank you. So you can find me on quietpowercoaching.com and also in LinkedIn, looking up Caroline Sherrard, Quiet Power Coaching. And my giveaway really is a free coaching session. So that's for anyone who would like, uh, particularly around the speaking. 
So a couple of examples that people have used, for instance, this week I was helping someone prepare for a talk. Another time has been helping someone with their nerves around a talk. A third thing is actually in the delivery and getting feedback. Those are some examples of might do speak from your heart. They're usually people who want to bring more of themselves into their business and how they message around that. Yeah, so I will definitely add the links to the show notes and the description and you can just click, connect, check out everything that Caroline has going on. Before we go, Caroline, any words that you would like to leave the audience with? Any last thoughts? Anything that we didn't get to? Well, you know, I started with comfortable in your skin. And I think that's what we're talking about a lot is being present, being present in our lives, that, that noticing you were picked up on. For me, it's been what I call the journey of the head to the heart. And I think authenticity can be a very overused word that people have sort of like, oh, yes, I know we've got to be more authentic. And yet, I think most people are craving it. They crave it from other people and they crave it from themselves. So, yeah, take a moment, listen to what's happening in your heart and literally breathing into your heart and breathing out can be a great way of that. But honestly, the journey from the head to the heart is really worth it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Caroline, for spending this time with us. And thank you for joining. I know you have found tons of value in this conversation. Let us know. Subscribe, comment, and let us know what questions you still have. Connect with Caroline. And we'll see you next week on Sincerely Speaking. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Marcy. I hope you have found as much value and impact in this conversation as we found in creating it for you. If you have, then go ahead and share this with someone else in your life that you know might find it valuable. And in the meantime, don't forget about my offer to head on over to marciamara.com and schedule your free 30-minute clarity and confidence call. We will talk through all your dreams, all your plans, all your goals, the things that might be getting in the way. And if it makes sense for both of us, I might invite you to join me in one of my programs or one of my coaching packages, but there's no obligation. And I promise you that this will be the best 30 minutes you've spent in a long, long time. So again, head on over to marciamorrow.com, set up that time to chat, and I will see you on the other side. And in the meantime, share, subscribe, like, and I'll see you next week here on Sincerely Speaking. Thank you.